Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hottest Skiing Podcast, episode 29. I'm Sean. I'm here with Enrique and Alex. Alex is back with us. Uh, I'm really excited by that. It's going to be a lot of fun, the three of us working together. Um, Yanks hit a bit of a slide. Uh, they, uh, they've they lost five straight, six out of the last seven. Uh, but they did get a win on... Monday night against the Seattle Mariners. Uh, it ended the, the losing streak. Tyone had a great game, but we lost Carpenter. Um, you know, Carpenter's a big blow to the morale, to the team. Hopefully, the Yanks can uh, pick up where they left off and, and continue to, to win before heading to Boston. Uh, we have a great show for you. We'll be right back. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Ahí va. Por el desfile. Olvídala. Somos la calle. En la calle. Esa se va. Se va. Se fue. Alex. Uh, Alex, this is our first time working together, but, you know, you, you were you were here before me, and I'm real excited to, you know, work with you and uh, see see what the future holds. Likewise, Sean. What's up, Enrique? How you doing? What's up with him lately, dude? He's, he ain't the problem. <laughs> he's, not the, he's definitely not the problem. But uh, so he's, doing his, he's doing his thing, man. I like, uh, you got to like what he's doing so far. But uh, everybody else is a different story, man. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, let's, let's jump right into the no issues problem. here. No uh, problem, yeah, there's, there's a couple problems. But... Uh, uh, it seems like ever since the All Star break, it's it's been it's been uh, not so smooth sailing. Um, you know, we haven't had Stanton back since the All Star break, and you know Rizzo was out all weekend with a stiff back supposedly. So hopefully he has speedy recovery and we get to see him, you know, within this Mariner series or, or relatively soon. Because when they're both not in the lineup, then we we got a we got a different team and it, it's not looking too good. But Let's start off with the series. Uh, Alex, I'm, I'm going to ask you first off, uh, going into the series, what did you expect? I, I know there was some, there was some awesome things with Carpenter's reunion. You know, Montgomery was going against us. We had Montas with his debut. Not many things went our way, but I'll start off with you. Uh, what would you think of the series? I mean, I think everybody got cut off guard with uh, Rizzo getting scratched on Friday. When Rizzo got scratched and all of a sudden you had to move Carpenter from the sixth spot to the three spot. That was a shock because, and, and, and ultimately I think that the whole team just didn't, yeah, it, it just, it just didn't, it just didn't mesh right away. It, they haven't meshed right away. And the, the story with Friday, specifically Friday, got 10 hits and three runs. Meaning there was just not a lot of, op the opportunities were just, were there. They just weren't coming through. And that was a little bit diff different than the last four games before that when, you know, you had Rizzo in that spot in that three hole and he was just coming through time after time. So the fact that he just wasn't there, you could, it was just a glaring hole. And again, we're talking about just missed opportunities up and down the lineup because the people were getting on, everybody was getting on. It was just, nobody, nobody was bringing them home. Uh, Donaldson had a bit, had a, had a nice game on Friday. You know, Torres drove in a run, but Torres, Torres has looked lost in the plate. You know, today we had a little, today we had a little hope that the swing was a little bit better because he was going to, Going to right field in the first at bat, but after that he was just pulling off of everything. And uh, and honestly, he he just looks lost whenever he does that. Again, it was just it was just an ugly series altogether. But Friday that was the story. The story was simply they were just not you know getting people uh, getting those runners in. You know, like you said, when Carpenter gets moved from six to three, um, you know, it just almost seemed like another uh, another player was filling in for another. Uh, I know Boone likes to go with that righty righty lefty lineup. Yep. And he like you know likes to have the lefties in three six nine holes, and that's why you saw Ben Attendee at first batting ninth, and giving Hicks that day off because he was on that zero for twenty eight slide at the moment, and you know he he couldn't get anything going, and then you had also Torres and Donaldson who were really struggling. They 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 got a couple hits that game, so you know it looked like they were starting to do something. Ben Attendee finally got like his second hit since uh, becoming a Yankee, so it, the the hitting was there. It was really you know, 
the team played great and it just seemed like the, the the game was in our grasp to win it's just you know of course the bottom of the eighth is where the, the whole story changed right and you know we we, we talked about this off air alex where we where we had clay holmes come in in the eighth and, and um you know he he struggled a little bit since since the all-star break he's had a couple of, of blunders uh so to speak even right before the all-star break with the cincinnati reds game yep. it, it kind of you know, showed he was human after all. And uh, it's been it's been a little scary since then. He's had a little bit of uh, trouble commanding the sinker. And I know it has some crazy movement, but, you know, it, it, he gave up that that double to DeJong and and it led to, you know, them scoring two and then end up sneaking that game and, and taking it from us. And unfortunately, you know, that that I felt like it took a lot of uh, wind out of our sails and it, it changed the narrative going into game two. Which is where I, I lead with you, Enrique. Um, going into Game Two, we had Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery, going against us for the first time. Uh, the Yankees have never been able to hit for Montgomery, and uh, it seemed like they couldn't hit with you know going against them. I don't know if, if there's some sort of snooze button going on when he pitches, but uh, that team falls asleep every time Montgomery's on the field with them at the same time. Uh, what, what were your thoughts? Brother, when you leave 20 run runners on base on Friday, nine runners left on base Saturday, and 32 runners, 32 runners left on base today, Sunday, as we're recording this, I'm sorry, but there's no way you're winning baseball games when you're leaving a combined 52 runners on base in three games. Like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like, I... That in itself shows how much opportunities the Yankees had to do damage in this series against Cardinals pitching, and they just didn't get it done. And yeah, as far as the Saturday game against Montgomery, I mean, granted, okay, Cardinals didn't provide him much run support either. Maybe he's just, you know, he's got a bug or some type of issue or like he's cursed that no matter who he pitches for, they don't give him run support because they only gave him one run. But ultimately, that's all that's all he needed. I mean... Bro, when you <laughs> when you hold your former team in your first start against them to no runs, all we could muster was two hits off them. I thought we'd at least, you know, get one or two runs off Monty. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like he's the next coming of, like, Max Scherzer or Jacob deGrom. Let's be real here. Like, he's hittable. You figure the team would know him mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Like I figured we'd have the edge in that sense. You know, I figured one of two things was going to happen. Either Monty was going to know exactly how to pitch to everyone because he knows us. But I also thought at least one person, at least judge would hit one deep off him because you know, his tendencies and his weaknesses and how he likes to pitch. And come on, when you get shut out by Jordan Montgomery, bro, that's a problem. That's a problem. Like, I don't care what anybody wants to say. That was very discouraging. You know, you add on the two losses to Seattle before that. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with this team since the All-Star break, but it's it's very troubling. Oh, my God, we have a losing streak. It's, you know, the, the Fairweather fans have already left. So it, it's, it's definitely uh, – it's a tough time. But, you know, I, I think a lot of Yankee fans forget where we were last year and uh this this was the vibe all of 162 last year where no matter what we did good we just could never muster up anything successful and i i don't want to compare it to to last year because we're a better team than that but you know um you're gonna find there's gonna be holes in the team and, and when you when you abuse the bullpen like we have for the first half of the year where we're constantly using them and and we, we're relying on the bullpen to, you know, save us. It, it's definitely gonna, it's gonna pay a toll when you hit the dog days of August and September, you know, and even July a little bit, where it's it's really gonna start to show. And you know, going into the Montgomery game, it, it, I was I uh, same thing, Enrique. I felt where that we we could we could get one to two, maybe even three runs off Montgomery. We knew him well. We knew his pitch selections. You know, we know much and, and a lot about him. I don't know. It just it. It just seemed like the team was different, and and um, Alex, I, I'm going to ask you about Game Two as well, where it's not the team that we that we saw a month ago. 
after giving up that one run in the first inning, you know, you and you know, with her with her mom pitching, you you didn't feel good about the prospects per se about throughout the entire game. But I'm not gonna get too much credit to her mom there. He was bailed out a bunch by the defense, a bunch by the defense. He was missing his spots. He was leaving. He was the pitch selection was questionable at best. You know, the, the, he was just trying to get these these people out with the you know with circle changes over the over the heart of the plate. They just weren't. It just it just wasn't working. But to his credit, you know, one way or the other, the numbers don't lie. He did get through five innings, gave up four hits, no walks, and you know he didn't miss any bats. Three strikeouts. So I really don't think Herman is a long term solution at all. He's gonna get another shot, obviously, but it is what it is. You know, he's you know right now we can't beggars can't be choosers. We need arms. Um, we need people to eat up, eat up some innings. So, um, but again, you know, and then after that, again, it was just the, the missed, the, the, the missed opportunity. There wasn't, there, well, there wasn't that much opportunity in, in this game. I know they got nine runners on, but they were just hitting, they, it was just weak contacts all game long. It was weak, weak contacts against Monty. So credit to him, you know, the, 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 the cutter was working and it was, it was, it was effective. Now, again, in that game, you know, but in that game, it was, it, that was, it was credit to the defense that they were just doing their thing, getting bailing them out, you know, over and over again. But ultimately, I'm not. I just wasn't totally, totally impressed with anybody. But again, Marinaccio got two, got two outs. Trevino had a nice little game. Chapman looked good uh, in the in the final in the final inning. So, but again, like you're saying, we're taxing the bullpen, taxing them, taxing them all over the place. And then and then you know after the game, you send down Marinaccio. Again, I think that kid, I think that kid is a candidate for the eighth inning. Or at least in high leverage situations. So, yeah, I know, I know, I know it's a roster crunch right now, but they need to figure that out. And there's definitely people on that team that really shouldn't be there right now. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you you brought that up because that has been the conversation all over Yankees Twitter, and it. I've I've been talking about this for days, where I've been asking everyone well before Montas was activated about what the Yankees should do about that. Because the only options out there were Ron or Wysica, who had options, who could get potentially sent down. But, you know, everyone else, Licky, um, you know, Abreu, Herman, and others don't have any options left. So if you were to demote them, they will get taken by another team. They will get designated for assignment, and someone will pick them up. And, you know, when Cashman couldn't get a deal done for Wiki at the deadline like like we thought was going to happen especially with with the rumors going to the Dodgers and whatever you know that rumor was but you know it, it was pretty set in stone that Wiki or someone was was going to be on the move you know they had to make room um as soon as they they got Efros and Trevino you knew that someone had to go uh just to make room on the roster and for you know potentially when Rizzo I mean when 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 Stanton and others come back, someone's going to have to go. I know Castro is probably on the block there, but other pitchers will come back. There are going to be more moves to, to be made. Um, when you don't get rid of Wiki, you have now created this jam. And because you, you kept Wiki in this moment, now Ron is, is the uh, scapegoat at this point, and Ron is the one who has to get sent down because – uh, I know the Yankees system. Uh, I'm not. I'm not part of this, you know, organization. But I know that the Yankees would never let a pitcher go for no reason if they can have the option to send someone down to AAA. And Ron is that person. And I know they're trying to get whatever they can get from Wisega. So I knew they were never going to send him down. So Ron, at, at, with the two options that he has left, he was the odd man out, unfortunately, because as soon as you send down Wiki or any of those other guys. You lose them for good, and you'll never get them back, and that's why they made that move to get uh, to get barred. But I don't understand, though. I mean, Alex, to the email, really, do you really think that if they sent down Lucas Lickie, somebody would claim him? Ese tipo es basura, really, no sirve. He's garbage. I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing with the whole thing with Lucas Lickie right now is he's not going to. He's not, he's not a trustable person. He's not going to ever going to be put in a high leverage situation. So is it, is it a, is it a little bit of a wasted roster spot? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of is. It kind, it kind of is because simply stating, you know, he's not getting lefties or righties out. So, you know, it's just, it's just not happening for him right now. El problema grande que hay aquí, arriba de todo, olvídate de picheo y todo eso. El problema más grande que hay aquí 
es que cuando regrese Stanton y eventualmente Severino, el problema es que la única razón que Marwin González está en el equipo es porque sabe jugar el campo corto. That's the only reason he's on the team is because he knows how to play shortstop. That is the only reason because ultimately they, they only use them once before today. They only used them once since the All-Star break, which was one of the which was one of the games against one of the doubleheader games against Houston. That's it. I'm not saying I don't like Marwin Gonzalez. He's been on the team all he's been on the team all year. But the reality is the only reason he's on the team is because he knows how to play shortstop. You can't use anybody else at shortstop. Labor cannot play shortstop. Period. Oswald Peraza, Papo, call him up. If you want to go that, yeah, but if you bring up Peraza, you still you still have a problem. You still have a problem with the with the roster. You still have an issue that you got to send somebody down. Exactly. That's exactly the thing. That's the problem. Yes. The problem is, is the problem are the numbers. The numbers just don't add up. And ultimately, and, and, no, and, and to be honest with you, you're asking me, it's not my money, but obviously Hicks is trash. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> Forget about today's game. Hicks is trash. And he's on the team. I'd rather have, uh, and then you have, you know, you, obviously Lo Castro is what he is, but Lo Castro's going to get crunched off the, off the roster when Stanton gets back. Let's just keep that real. We love Matt Carpenter. Carpenter cannot go anywhere. He needs to be in the lineup every day. But the reality is the homie can't play anything but DH or right field. That's it. That's all you have. I mean, you could put him at first base, but it's obsolete. You might as well just put DJ there because you still have, you know, we're hoping for signs of life from Donaldson. He looked horrible today. But we're hoping for signs of life. You know, the last the last couple of games, there's been something there because that's the, that's the key to this whole thing. If that dude can start hitting a little bit, this thing is resolved, 100% resolved. But he hasn't been that all year. He's been inconsistent as all hell. They brought him in for lesser strikeouts. He's actually giving you the opposite. So there's that problem. I honestly see during – I'm looking at the roster right now, man. There's arms, and there's good arms. You know, Albert Abreu is a talented arm. But is he a high-leverage guy? Nah. It's just not there, man. I mean, he got cut by two teams for a reason. He has a great arm, but they cannot figure out the control factor, and that's why you will not put a – in a high leverage situation. Efros today gave up the home run. I'm not really worried about that. Whatever. The game was just quicksand from the beginning. It was quicksand today. I know we haven't even gotten to the third game yet, but we'll get into that now. And I don't know. It, there, there's, just a, there's just a huge roster crunch in the numbers. And I want to bring up Peraza. I want Peraza. And I want that to be our shortstop. But you're not going to send anybody down. It's just, it, it's just, it, I'm going to have to wait till September for this stuff. For this stuff. He's going to have to win that job. Why not bring him up and call down Marwin Gonzalez? We're gonna have to release him altogether, but then that doesn't really resolve much because the because because the fact of the matter is you still have people coming back little by little. You got Stanton coming back. Granted, Lo Castro is just a natural person to send down. But don't forget also in sometime in September. I mean, September is a little bit different because the like, rosters expand, so that's different. But even when the rosters expand, let's, you know, let's not go too far. Even when the rosters expand, you traded for Harrison Bader. You figure he's going to play. What the F are you going to do with, with everybody else? Like, it's just, we talked, about it, we talked about it before the season started. This team needs to have a consistent one, two, and three. And they've gotten, they've gotten that top of the order locked down when Rizzo's healthy. So you got to love it. But then after that, there's just a, a mess on most days. And, you know, Stanton got hurt. You know, that's, that, that's going to happen every season. He got hurt, and he's usually your cleanup hitter. But after that, I don't know. It's Right now, there's just a dicey, dicey number crunch. And we're just – honestly, we're treading water for the next 20, 24 days until September 1st. Then we can have the, the rosters expand, and then let's see what happens. Sean, let me ask you. I, I want to bring you in on this, um, and like you said – you know the organization, you know, like, like, like if you were part of the organization. Cashman said, and I know sometimes we need to take Brian Cashman's words with a grain of salt because sometimes he says a lot of nothing just to throw fans off and, and you know, opposing teams off. But he gave every indication after the trade deadline that he expects Bader to be the starting center fielder moving forward, including next year. If that's the case, why not just DFA Hicks by the time that happens or make another move? Let's just say, you know, okay, you bring down LeCastro when Stanton comes back up. You could bring down Marwin at that point to make room for Bader, you know? That's exactly what will happen. When 
Stan comes back, it'll be Will Castro because Bader has the speed. So when Bader comes back, he can be that steel threat. You know, he's he's got similar speed to Will Castro, and he's got incredible defense and a good arm, uh, which is what Will Castro lacks. Will Castro lacks an arm, which is why he's uh, not the greatest of outfielders out there, but he's got incredible speed. When Bader comes back, that's when Marwin will go. That's that because there's no one else to get rid of, unless, of course, there is another injury, which, you know, knock on wood, that that that, that doesn't happen. But, you know, that's the move. Um, and Oswald uh, Peraza and Oswaldo Cabrera will not, I don't think, will ever touch the major league roster unless IKF or, you know, Josh Donaldson get injured. I think the Yankees are, 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 are very um, into having those two guys finish the season and uh especially with Peraza you know they you know they they basically made that trade with the twins for IKF not necessarily for Donaldson or Ben so you know they they trust IKF to be that soft landing spot for now uh as much as I want Peraza and I'm with you both you know I want Peraza on the team you know he he's killing it in AAA it almost is you know it, it's hurting him and us that he's not up here you know it's it, it's not it's not fair to him and to be honest with you, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even see him on the team, you know, even in the September call-ups, unless they they're fully keen on moving uh, Marwin. But I could I could see them keeping Marwin into the September call-ups when Bader comes back and just bringing Bader in there and, and keeping Marwin as you know an outfield infield sort of threat and and having that option. And then they'll obviously call up another um, pitcher, probably Clark or you know someone else but it, it's tough you know it, it, it's really tough the, the roster is in such a crunch right now that no matter whatever move we make next some we're losing someone and I think that's why the Yankees did the move that they did to put Ron down because you know they don't lose someone yet but they know eventually they will and uh, I think they're trying to give Lucas and Abreu one more shot uh, it seems like 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 Alex was saying that every time Abreu is in in any sort of high level situation it just never it doesn't really work out, you know. He's always given up some run or something that, you know, it's not like the game's on the line, but he's no, he's also making the game even harder to come back from. So, you know, I I think Abreu could be the odd man out, but I know the Yankees really love Abreu. Uh, I know someone personally who knows Abreu well, and I know why they brought him back, and that they they love his sinker and the fact that you know he's got a nasty changeup to, you know, change the speed up and go inside and outside of the plate. And they, you know, as as we've seen, Matt Blake loves anyone that could throw a sinker, and that that's his pitch. You know, that was like Larry Rothschild when he was a Yankee. Everyone had to throw a slider, even if they didn't know how to throw one. So, you know, that that's which what led to the Sunny Grade movement. But, you know, that's a whole nother story. But by then, September we're probably gonna get Britain back too, so he could be the call up. You know, that's another issue. Miguel Castro will be back. Another issue. You know, there's going to be a lot of uh, movements. And the reason I think they didn't give up on Licky was because he is a lefty. And, you know, he's supposed to be the lefty option where he could be really tough on lefties with that cutter. But he 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 constantly walks the lefties and then goes inside hard on the righties, which is like the exact opposite of what he's supposed to be doing. But, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes he gets hammered for it. So, you know, I, I think they they believe he still has it. But I think his time is probably the closest to coming to an end soon. He's been yeah. trash, bro. The tipo está lanzando como pura, tú sabes qué, Alex. Yeah, I mean, I mean, lo que yo, lo que yo veo ahí, más que nada, is that there, there's just, there's, there just has to be a consistent option that you need to, that you have to be able to go to. And right now, there's just. It's just a mix. It's just a mixed bag, and they're they're taking full advantage. You can tell because they're aprovechando que pesaron tan caliente. And I know, and you know, and and there's and there's obviously there's a, there's a lot to take advantage of when you have such a big lead and no one and no one's catching up to you. They still have a double digit lead, so there's there's room for this. But as we've seen already, you cannot go into the playoffs as the number two seed. Not not this year. You need home field advantage throughout. You need it, and there, and that's why ultimately, I think us Yankee fans, especially the ones that really watch day in and day out, we understand that. Like we understand the pressing need to end up with the best record in the AL. We see it, like we feel it, and that's why even though we're on a skid and you look at the standings, 
we're still we're still 10 games up and yada yada it doesn't matter because <laughs> the fact of the matter is we need to be the number one seed this this season it, it's time to panic yankees twitter if you're not doing it already uh yeah it's time like you know And like I've like I've told Sean um, a lot of times in this podcast, Alex, it's not just about getting that home field throughout the playoffs. It's about getting that first round buy. You want that buy. You don't want to earn your way into the second round and burn Cole and Montas. And by the way, <laughs> I guarantee you, bro, especially because Socio is Latino. And I found it hilarious because I was listening to part of this game in the beginning listening to Susan Wallman trying to pronounce his name and be like, it's Montas. I'm like, bro, apuesto cualquier cosa que Susan Wallman and Michael K and everybody was like, how do you want us to say your name, Frankie? And como el socio es latino and he probably talks with an accent when he talks English, he's probably like, no, nah, no, nah, Montas, Montas, you know, like, because that's how a Latino would say, you know, Montas. But you know, a non-Latin person hears that and they're like, oh, Montas. No, bro, Montas. No, no. Montas o sea, no. Frankie Montas. Yeah, you know, yeah. sencillo como eso. <laughs> me extraña que, so, que, que se llama Frankie, no Francisco. Estos dominicanos son, tú sabes, algunas veces no puedes explicar por qué hacen lo que hacen. Imagínate. Pero... But the, the issue, I mean, not, not so much an issue. These next, I mean, these next, especially three games in Seattle, mm. I mean, it's, 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 the, it's an exact rematch. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. of, the, of the last You're going to go against Luis Castillo again. Oh, yeah, you're you're going against Gilbert. Don't, don't overlook Gilbert. Gilbert's mm -hmm. having a great season. You're going to have Gilbert. You're going to have Castillo, and you're going to have Robbie Ray. So, <laughs> again, you're, 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 you're hitting the gauntlet. The gauntlet, <laughs> the gauntlet is what it is, man. The, yeah, Seattle's going for it, too. Respect to them, yeah. They're they're having a pretty you know, a nice little, a nice a nice season for for them especially, and they're getting a little bit healthier. But again, with with the fact that this is a road trip, you know, and and heading out west, this is this is this is the rough part of the season, man. This is the rough. This is literally the rough part of the season. What yeah, has like, me What has me really intrigued is going to be that Luis Castillo versus Garrett Cole rematch, bro. Right. As much as Sean over here says that. Aside from Aaron Judge, that my favorite Yankee on the team, that's the running joke on this podcast, Alex, is El Orgullo de Hialeah and Esther Cortez. That's what Sean says and, and right. his buddies uh, say uh, that listen to us. Thank you all for listening, by the way. Um, nah, bro. Eh, as much as I love Nestor, bro, and I'm looking forward to him versus Robbie Ray because, you know, lately you have seen some decline from him, even though, like you say, it's not his fault. You know what I'm saying? And he's been the least of our concerns. Sure. That last outing from Garrett Cole has me worried, bro. And I don't know. I don't know if it, it just wasn't his day. You know, I don't know if, you know, his mechanics weren't there. You I know, mean, maybe I... he had other things on his mind, which, by the way, don't discount that with, with Frankie Montas. Okay, maybe, just maybe, bro. And, you know, we forget as fans sometimes that these guys – Aparte de ser athletes, they're human beings. Sure. El socio perdió his mother-in-law recently, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not forget that. So who knows if that was still on his mind when he was pitching today. And, you know, he was pitching with a heavy heart. Maybe he wasn't all into it, which, huh. hello, you know, as much as Yankee fans got pissed today about, you know, his start. And, oh, my God, the trade is, is a disaster, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, it's one start, guys. It's one start, and it's his first start since losing his mother-in-law. So let's let's give him that, tú sabes, that benefit of the doubt. He they had his socio, you know, recupere from from this tragedy that he went through in, when it comes to his wife's family. Uh, our I condolences, Frankie. If you ever listen to our podcast, if you do, sure. we appreciate you. But como dijo, como dijo Sean, después del cambio, con todo, fue una con mango. It could not be any harder. 
Bro. than what he just did, what he just did, like Sean said. It could not be any harder. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was just it was the, the the cards were just stacked against him to, to, to have a successful outing. And what he said, what, what Sean expected is exactly what happened, and with all the with all the reason in the world. And that's what I'm saying. And you don't know if that was the case with Garrett Cole in his outing versus Castillo, if if it was be, between the ears also. So you I'm really intrigued by this upcoming rematch on Tuesday night versus him and Castillo. And I'm hoping, I'm praying for a rebound outing from Garrett Cole, bro. Porque, oye, that was not the Garrett Cole we're used to. And he does seem to have these stinkers from time to time. But that's not the Garrett Cole we're counting on, especially in October, bro. So that's the one I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised with um with Montas taking the mound today. Uh, I figured they were going to give him more time, especially with the fact he wasn't coming in, like I said earlier, Saturday. And I would have thought they would have kept him to go against Seattle, which is where the division he just came from. You know, he's played Seattle a bunch of times. You would have thought, like, you know, ease into it. You've played these guys hundreds of times before. You know, I thought that was going to be the move. But, you know, maybe they, you know, they they, they do play, the you know, the NL Central a, a, a bunch of times too. So, you know, um, I, I figured that that would be uh, the move that they would make, though, would have him go against Seattle and Tyone go uh, this route because he played for the Pirates. You would think like an NL Central, he played for the Pirates. And then, you know, you have Montas. You would have him go against the division he just came from. So, you know, it's uh, – I, I, that was the move I expected, but and, and then you keep the bullpen for you could have kept Ron all the way up till today and then made the move that they did. But you know, whatever, I that's that's the move the Yankees are deciding to make. Um, you know, yeah, you, they're gonna have a rebound. You couldn't ask for, like you said, Enrique, a more uncomfortable time. You know, unfortunately, his mother in law just passed. You're playing in 105 degrees, you're playing for a new team, you don't know your catcher. You know, what else are you asking for? You know, and the fact that some some players, when they come to the Yankees and that the fact that they have to shave and oh man, that's like a whole big thing for some players. So, yeah. you know, it, it's it was it couldn't have been more uncomfortable. I don't care about this outing. Yes, the Yankees lost. That hurts me. But what Montas put out there today is not something I'm, you know stressing about i'm gonna go sleep comfortably knowing that when he comes back and and he'll probably pitch again in 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 fenway that he'll be just fine and that'll be a great series and the yankees will have their top guys i expect like you said too with garrett cole he'll come back i think it was just a terrible performance to start the game but after those those first or seven batters he really settled down i think he gave up one more run after that but oh, no, no, he didn't give up any more runs after that. Um, Peralta did, but he was solid for the rest of the game. He still went six innings. I expect that. I expect a real duel this time. And, and you know, the Yankees, hopefully, I pray that they could take two out of three and, and come back um, or head to Fenway on, on some sort of winning streak and start something because, you know, you, you gotta, you got, you can't roll over against your division rivals. And we, we go right into the division after that. You go right into Fenway, then you come home against Toronto and Tampa. It's it's gonna be a brutal road. This the rest of the season. Every series is difficult. Uh, even going, you know, I know we play Oakland and Pittsburgh, but even those games aren't easy. You know, uh, playing out west is never easy. So, the the Yankees' future is definitely scary right now. But it only takes uh, a healthy team and and a, the right morale to to turn it all around. So you just gotta hope and and pray that everything uh, the ship turns around and we go back to the way it used to be. It becomes a little harder to look at it that way because of the Matt Carpenter injury. Uh, Game one was last night. Um, The Yankees pulled a victory, ending their their five-game losing streak, luckily. Um, The game was great. You know, Tyone pitched pitched well. Uh, Chapman pitched well. Clay Holmes continues to struggle, even in in garbage time. But... um, he he held it down to to get the win. I mean to to seal the deal, and uh, you know Judge had his forty fourth home run. Donaldson had four hits. Uh, everyone everyone was clicking well. Benintendi, Glaber, Lemayu all had uh, multi hit games. It was it was a great game. Um, but with a win comes a loss because we lost Matt Carpenter in the first inning. He fouled the ball off of, off his foot. Turns out he fractured it. Uh, that's a that's a big blow. It, it kind of reminds me of the Michael King game where when he got hurt and even in a win we lost again. And now um, we have a, a serious discussion to have that we need to have because 
Carpenter has kind of uh, been the spark that we needed um, in the middle of the season. He came in and, and was absolutely, you know, dominant from, from the second he, he, he wore the Yankee uniform. And uh, now we have to find a, a bat to replace him, especially with, with the absences of, of Rizzo, Stanton, you know, Severino's still out till mid-September. Uh, there's a lot of key bats missing right now, and the Yankees are trying to pull pull teeth to get some victories. Um, I'll start with you, Enrique. Uh, what? How did you take the news of Carpenter, and and what do you expect from the team moving forward? I mean, it's it sucks, man. I feel for him. You know, like you said, he's been a spark plug for this team. Um, not just offensively, but even being in the dugout, he's been, you know, and and clubhouse, he's been that guy that people rally around people love him you know you heard josh donaldson say it last night after the game you know guys rally around him he's he's beloved in that yankee clubhouse so it's a major blow you know for the morale and you know obviously for the offensive output that the yankees were getting from him you know you always had a good at bat from him guaranteed so you lose both those things with, with this injury. Um, all you can hope for is that, you know, like he said in the post game, that he can come back in mid-September, you know, ready to go for the playoff push. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see who can fill his shoes. It's going to be some pretty big shoes to fill. Um, all indications are that it's going to be Miguel and Duhar, but you never know. Let's see. This all, I mean, it sucks, especially more of a short, it's a short-term inconvenience more than anything because, you know, we already saw it when the lineup was momentarily fully healthy for a couple, for a couple of days a few weeks ago that when the lineup is fully healthy, Matt Carpenter isn't in it. Unfortunately, it's just, it's just the truth. The, the roster crunch bites us again there. He was just a necessary uh, bat right now with all the injuries that, that we have. But um, but reality is when 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 Bader does eventually get activated at some point in in September, that's going to push Hicks to the bench. And if when Rizzo and Giancarlo are are healthy, again the 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 the, the lineup is just not big enough for these guys. But in the short term, this is a, a really big blow. Uh, and on, on, on the the biggest thing underrated about Carpenter is the fact that he would see an average between six to eight pitches per at bat very underrated statistic about him. Yeah, you the home runs and the 300 average are very flashy and cool. But the quality at best that he will put in every single game, he's going to sorely miss that one. So again, I, t- I see this more as a short a short-term uh, issue than a more than a long-term one. My my dad always says, if you can hit, they'll find a hole for you. So that's the that's 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 really the disappointing part right now. But again, he's one of those veterans that just everybody loves. Obviously, like Enrique was saying, everybody loves him. He's a, he was a spark, but ultimately, uh, Andujar is the most likely and sensible option. But at the same time, you know, maybe this is a good opportunity to get some, to get Marwin some, some, some reps. So maybe he gets in and they just uh, shift somebody else to DH, you know, to get him the reps on the field. Um, you, you can see him bringing up another arm, just, just to have another bullpen arm there for the next two days. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, a, it's just a matter of to see what the preference is. Obviously it's a little bit early. So to, to determine that. I think Andujar is the most sensible because the lineup is going to be hurting, but uh, but but wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you just see Marwin there uh, a little bit more the next couple of days. I think that Miguel Andujar is the most obvious choice. It's not who I would want, but you know, when you think about people we want up, you know, Oswald Peraza, <laughs> um, guys like that. It, they don't fit the situation that the Yankees are currently in. You know, you, you could call him up and, you know, like, like uh, Alex said, play Marwin in the DH spot, you know, or, or whatever, or even hell you could even call him up and put him as the shortstop and play IKF at DH, you know, whatever. But I mean, you got to think they're going to call up somebody that could play the outfield because they want to have that revolving door at DH and not just 
you know, have one guy at the H all the time. So, you know, and Duhart fits that mold because he can play the outfield as well. So I think it's going to be him. I actually wanted to ask both of you something. Because was it right now? You know, we see the one through five starters. Obviously, we traded away Monty. We see we see that there's a there's an issue with innings. And honestly, the innings, the whole innings thing, Monty was giving you five to six innings regardless. So if her mom can give you that, it's kind of a wash. But my question for both of you is, like, I, I have an expectation. Here's my expectation. I have an expectation that Clark Schmidt is not going to be just that piggyback three-inning guy after Nestor or after Tyone. That's not what I'm, you know, because that's how they used him the last month or so. And, you know, they sent him back down. But for me, the type of arm that he is, the type of talent that he is, I'm not saying you have to thrust him into this, into this whole atmosphere. But the reality is he is the most talented arm in our system that is ready for the big leagues. And my anticipation is that even though he's not, maybe he's not completely stretched out right now, keep him down there for survive these next three weeks. But I expect him in that rotation to replace Herman at some point. If that's not, if that's not in the cards, I really, I really don't understand the Monty trade because my whole thing is you have to upgrade the whole, the whole, the whole, the rumor has it that Monty was not going to be one of your five, one of your four, sorry, in the playoffs anyways. And they didn't like him in the, in the bullpen slot anyways. Fine. I understand the, I understand the logic, but I figure Schmidt is that dude. I'm guessing Schmidt is that dude. Sean, I see you biting to get in, get in, correct me if I'm wrong. Just tell, tell me I'm wrong. Please tell me I'm wrong. No, you, you, you are hundred percent right. I am eager to answer this. hundred percent. That's exactly why they sent Clark down was because now they wanted him to go back to a five man. I mean, five day uh, rest time and then start and start re- uh, start and get back into a starting groove and you know starting every five days and get him going on on a starter's regimen because they're gonna bring him up eventually. Uh, Herman is on a short time frame. The goal is is uh, I think I don't think they really believe in Herman much longer, and I think Herman is just kind of uh, like a, a band aid for right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Severino's not coming back till mid-September. I expect two to three more stars out of Herman. That's kind of stretching it. But then I think Clark is the move. And then I think Clark will be the guy. And yes, that's exactly why they made the move. And that's exactly why they didn't go even harder to try to get a pitcher when they lost out on Pablo Lopez, uh, right. with whatever the last five minutes, was sure. because they knew Monty would never touch the playoff rotation. You know, you have Cole... Montas, Severino, and uh, Nestor. So, you know, you know that those are your four. That That's guaranteed. That's set in stone, unless injury, of course. But those are your four set in stone. And, you know, they want to – they knew that Montgomery wasn't really going that well those last four or five outings. He was having a real tough time against the Royals, the Mets. And uh, you knew that he was going to be on the move regardless. So uh, Clark is definitely the move in the future. And I think the only move – because like we just talked about with the crunch, the only move for him to come back up is if Herman is, is DFA'd and gone for good, which is, I think, the move in, in I would say, two, probably two in less than two weeks. So that's definitely, you are 100% right about this. I've been waiting to talk about that for a while, but you are 100% right. Thank you. I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, that has to be a move that you do because Domingo Herman hasn't shown you that he's, trustworthy at this point with the playoffs i'm gonna disagree with y'all on one thing the playoffs it doesn't matter like this conversation is irrelevant for the playoffs because what team uses a five-man rotation in the playoffs anyway you usually go three or four man anyway so that's your playoff rotation right there like you said sean um you got gary cole frankie montas el orgullo de jaelia nester cortez and luis severino if God, if he comes back healthy, you know, because that's still a big if, ladies and gentlemen, we don't know how he's going to come back. You know what I'm saying? That's why I was hoping at the deadline for a Pablo Lopez trade or a trade for another starter, even though at the time, Sean, you said they didn't need it. But I wanted it because you don't know. I mean, this with this guy's injury history, it's not a guarantee he's going to come back, you know, like the same old Severino. He was rounding out to that before he got hurt. But now that he's got hurt again, you don't know how he's going to come back. So, you know, for the sake of the regular season, 
I would bring up Clark. At the end of the day, you got to fill that fifth spot with a Clark Schmidt rather than a Domingo Herman because like, like we all are in agreement on, it doesn't matter that you have such a big lead in the AL East. You got to fend off Houston. You got to get that first round by yeah. and every game counts. So yeah, but it's, it's more so it's not so much about using Schmidt as the fifth in the playoffs. It's not, it's not even about that. It's more so you have to have that weapon. And a real weapon, because mm-hmm. again, if you're not mm-hmm. striking people out, like Herman is not striking people out. He's not a weapon. He's an innings eater. Mm-hmm. So if you're so a weapon like Schmidt could be because we've seen how nasty he could be. And he is he's just he's just a talented dude. So if you if if Schmidt could be that dude, I honestly think he could he could actually replace Tyone. I think he could actually replace him on that rotation simply because, again, I'm just going by level, level of talent. You got to ignore Tyone's 10 and 2 record. He has a 3.94 ERA. He gets hit in the playoffs and we know if he's going to start a game, we need someone to piggyback off of him. So if, cause, cause the, the reality is he can actually get smacked. So that's, that's really why, why I felt, I don't, I did, I did not hate the move to send down Schmidt because I figured he's getting stretched. And if he's getting stretched, believe me, he's going to make an impact this season and a huge one. All I'm going to add um, before we close out, uh, Sean is, you mentioned the, the upcoming schedule. Um, you mentioned, obviously, going against Tampa, Toronto, Boston. You know, you got a lot of division games coming up. Obviously, you need to handle those division games. Let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, we still got the second half of the Subway Series coming up against the Mets. Like, those two games are going to be major. You know what I'm saying? You got that coming up. You still got another big interleague matchup coming up versus Milwaukee which they ain't no joke, you know, Boston, I'm not taking them lightly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They did a lot at the deadline that made you question what they were doing. Like it, it, they were, they were like between either being sellers or, or buyers. Like they didn't know what they wanted to be. I, I know Sean, I know I see you pointing to a trash can. I know they're trash, bro, but listen, no matter what Boston always seems to play us tough, bro. So I'm not taking them lightly nor should any Yankee fan, you know what I'm saying? Um, Toronto got better. Adding Whit Merrifield definitely was an underrated move for them. Like, that dude is a really solid baseball player. Like, he is a guy I would have loved on the Yankees at the top of the lineup, make no mistake. You know, if there was a way we could have traded for him instead of Benatendi, bro, I would have done it all day, every day, twice on Sunday, I would have made that trade. And then, you know, you got Tampa, in the division, they always play us tough. You know what I'm saying? you got Baltimore who's playing better baseball. They're actually playing over 500. Like, whoever saw that coming? You know what I'm saying? So, I just say you got to handle your business against the division and, you know, take care of the teams that you're supposed to beat because, honestly, like I said earlier in the show, and I'll leave it at this for y'all, you got Houston half a game away, ladies and gentlemen. Half a game Oh, wait, this is no joke. This is not time to, you know, put on the cruise control button. No, 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 no. This is time to take care of business. Oh, and by the way, as far as best record in the league overall, which we were earlier in the season being all happy and bragging about as Yankee fans, you're now tied with the Mets for (laughs) second best record in the entire league. If that doesn't bother you as a Yankee fan, then I don't know what, what will. So I'll leave it at that. I mean, my, my, my whole thing about this whole thing, this has to be rock bottom right now. This has to be it because it can't, because you have to, like, like Sean said, you have to, you have to find a way to get two out of three against Seattle and you got to find a way to get, how about this to sweep Boston? Cause that team, like he said, is trash. So, you know, that's, that's really where they're at right now. So today, this series has to be the low point. It's kind of like back in 2009 when the low point was that series against Atlanta and they had that big team meeting and it's time to, it's time to turn things around. This was it. This was it. I expect that plane ride to be a little tense right now going to Seattle because they need to not so much get their act together. They need to start playing like the Yankees again. And that's, and that's, this has to be rock bottom. And that's the only way that we're ever going to salvage getting the best record in the league. 
and and avoiding playing uh you know having not having home field advantage against Houston at some point. The teams are lo- the teams that that we fear like the Astros and the Blue Jays and all them that they're losing just like us. But the reason they're losing just like us is kind of similar to us where you know they the chemistry isn't there yet you know the astros made great moves yep. they, they they had five or six great guys in the top of their lineup but they had you know very slim uh in the catcher position and at first base and dh and, and they they picked up with trey mancini trey mancini's been on fire since becoming a houston astro and christian vasquez has had our number for this this season and even last year so them making that move, they're they're gonna have a full lineup, and they're gonna come in guns blazing in in a couple of days when they finally you know catch up and their their morale is at a hundred percent like ho- ours hopefully is, you know it, it's gonna be that's why this week always and every time there's a trade deadline you know the the good teams always struggle a little bit because you're just you know meeting new teammates you're trying to learn, so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be an incredible run to the end, uh I expect as a Yankee fan and, and, and someone like myself, I expect that the, the Yankees win these next four series, at least two out of three in all of them. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta try to take two out of three in Seattle because they took two out of three in New York, which not many people win series is in the Bronx. And you got to Now you got to turn that page and, and, and let them know who we are and, and, and win that series. And then you got to make sure that, you know, when you go to Boston, you take care of that team because that team was tiptoeing between buying and selling, and they they basically sold. They they got players who filled the roster but won't be on the team next year. Let's just be real here. Like you know these these guys were were all stars in 2012. Like come on, Tommy Pham, Eric Hosmer, they're, they're jokes of who they used to be. You know Reese McGuire. I don't even want to talk about that guy. But you know there's there's a whole nother thing. You know it's you know it's uh. That team is a team where you got to go in and you got to stomp them out. Two out of three at Fenway minimum. I know Fenway is as hard as it gets to play at, but you got to win. And then, lucky watch out, fantasy football players. Before you get to your next point, Sean, watch out, fantasy football players. Don't get in Tommy Pham's way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then when you come home to Toronto and Tampa, you got to be able to to take two out of three minimum, even sweep those guys. You have the lucky advantage that they're playing here. And we we were lucky to play them on the road as good as we were over there, and and, and so that you got to go right into changing this whole vibe, and then winning those four series, and then playing the Mets, because when you go with a winning atmosphere, winning feeling, the fans will show up, the atmosphere will be different, and it'll be more New York Yankees vibe going into that Subway series, and then you can change the narrative there, and then once you do that, you play Pittsburgh, then you start to you know get comfortable, players start coming back. Then it's a different story, but it starts with these next 12 days and winning these, you know, at least I would say in these next 12 games, you got to win at least eight to nine minimum and changing this whole narrative. And then we'll have a completely different conversation, you know, next, next, next week. So, you know, that's, that's my take. Um, That's a wrap from, from, you know, episode 29 of the hottest Skeena podcast from me, Enrique and Alex. Alex, welcome back, brother. Uh, We'll catch you next time. Go Yanks.